Lord, we thank you for this beautiful church and thank you for bringing us together and thank you for what you plan to say to us as a church. And we pray earnestly that your spirit will speak freely to our hearts as we look at your word even this morning. Let all glory, all glory, Lord, return to you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'd like you to participate with me if you have your Bibles. Um, we're looking at someone who we don't know much about, we don't talk much about, we don't read much about, um, and yet he is such an important, or he was such an important part of the church in Colossae. His name is Epaphras. Epaphras. Now, in the whole Bible, you probably would see that name maybe three or four times. And so he's not well known. And we want to draw some lessons from this man, Epaphras. And I want to encourage you that even though you are in the church and you don't stand up here, or you're not known for doing something big, you are important to the church. And so Epaphras wasn't written all over the Bible like David or, you know, Saul, or Barnabas. And yet, this man played such an important role in the church. And so if you are here, know that you are important to the church. Even if your role seems so small, and even if you're not recognized so much like Epaphras. Join me as we go on a journey, 10 lessons from Epaphras. 10 lessons from this wonderful man of God. Colossians chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 4. Now, I'm not sure what translation is on the screen, but it says on the screen, Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, Continue, please, yeah. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel, that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you. Since the day you heard it and understood it, uh, understood God's grace in all its truth, you learned from Epaphras. That's the last verse we'll look at. You learned from Epaphras, 
our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. He says, we heard of your faith. We heard of all these wonderful things happening in the church in Colossae. We heard. Wow. And sometimes we celebrate the Colossians church. We celebrate what God did in Colossae. But we forget how the gospel got to Colossae. Here it says, which you learn from who? Epaphras. This quiet man was so key in setting up the church in Colossae. Quiet gospel minister. We don't see him planting many churches. We don't see him doing so many great things like Saul of Tarsus. But in this one location, in this one place, we see a man who communicated the gospel. And people heard. They say, we've heard of this. We've heard of that. We've heard so many great things about you. We've heard. But it came because of Epaphras. So number one thing is, be a gospel communicator where you are. Be a gospel communicator. You know, I look at the guys who work at CCS, Hendrik and the others, and I admire them because they are doing an amazing job with those young lives. My wife tells the story of how she came to know the Lord through her teacher. And now my wife has been all over the world doing so many things, but that teacher, we don't, do you know her name? I, I'm your husband, I don't know her name. <laughs> but I can tell you for sure, I wouldn't be married to this wonderful lady if not for what? That teacher who helped her know Jesus, because I wouldn't have married an unbeliever, so I'm sorry. But I am in love with my wife because someone, somewhere, introduced Christ to her in a classroom. An Epaphras. And my wife keeps telling me that woman would be dumbstruck today if she knew where my wife has been and what my wife has been doing. The woman would be awestruck to believe that little girl I introduced Jesus to is doing this. You are an Epaphras. You don't have to be a Saul of Tarsus. You don't have to be a Barnabas. Yes, we will have some big men of God here. Some Saul of Tarsus. And by big, I don't mean size like me. I mean big people in faith who travel, who do stuff. But some of us will just be Epaphras. Simple people doing some simple things, but it will grow like a mustard seed. Amen. Number two, 
In verse 7, the same verse 7, it says, our dear fellow servant. Now, is there any other translation that brings this out differently? Um, if you have your Bible open, Colossians 1.7. Just that phrase. Sorry? Our beloved. Beloved what? Fellow servant. Okay, just co-worker, right? It doesn't... Beloved co-worker. And that's the second thing. His name, actually, when I checked it, says something like someone who is spongy, very foamy, very lovely. Now, I'm not sure that he was really spongy, but when you say a beloved, that simple word means a lot. You can say a co-worker, but it tells you the way they saw this man. He was spongy. He was cushy-cushy. He was huggy-huggy. He was beloved. He's the kind of person you want to sit around. He's the kind of person you want to have a cup of tea with. He's not the kind of person who always wants to teach and preach. He was spongy. He was beloved. Number two is, well, I wouldn't say, somebody says be spongy. No, I wasn't going to say be spongy. Be a dear, beloved team player. Amen. Be a beloved. In the community where you are, be, be a beloved. Let, let people feel you. Let people see you as a co-worker. I think it's the NLT that says a beloved co-worker. It was somebody that said, I'm not the big boss who knows it all. I, I, I'm just a co-worker. You know, we, we are doing this thing together. It's we. It's we. Church is a we thing. Church is a we thing. We are co-workers. You know, for us to meet here, there are so many small parts. People are doing so many little things to make the service work. Like the guys on the media or the people handling the kids. You know, it's a we thing. A beloved co-worker. And that's number two. Let's, let's, let's be beloved and let's be connected. Let's be Workers together like Epaphras. Number three, in the same verse, it says, a faithful minister of Christ. This man wasn't just a co-worker, but he was faithful. Faithful. God is looking for these small pieces of faithful people doing things quietly. I love what, you know, Fernie and the others are doing. By the way, when we lived in Sudan, Fernie was my pastor, in case you don't know that. Lovely man of God. But here, 
He's quietly serving at the river. He's just, just serving faithfully, quietly. And like many of you, God is calling us to be faithful servants of Christ. In verse 12, um, you, don't worry about that, brother. In uh, Colossians 4.12 he says, a bond servant. So not just a faithful servant, but a bond servant. The New King James says, a bond servant. And that's number three. Epaphras was just a faithful servant. No big titles. Servants don't carry big titles. I come from the part of the world where titles are so important. Reverend, doctor, pastor, professor, Chinidu. So I'm just hinting you how to introduce me next time. <laughs> you know, it's so important, all those names before your name. And those of you who come from more traditional churches, you hear things like the reverend, doctor, then you have the right reverend, and then you have the venerable. And these are, some of those names are the names of God. The most holy. Dr. Chinedu, God forbid. God forbid. Don't, don't call me that. But here it says Epaphras, the servant. Who wants to be called a servant, you know? Just Epaphras. The faithful servant, that's all he was. Just no titles, just a faithful servant. Amen. May we be like Epaphras. Amen. Faithful, simple servants, loving together. Number four, he says in that same verse, Colossians 1, 7. Now, my version says, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. Okay, it's there. On your behalf or on our behalf. So he wasn't just a servant of Christ, but he was a servant of the people. Do you see that? Faithful minister of Christ. Look at the way the Amplify puts it. The Amplify says, a faithful minister of Christ in our stead and as our representative and yours. He was a minister to Christ, but also a minister of the people, serving the people, representing the people. Epaphras, servant of Christ, but also servant of the people. May we just serve one another. Amen. May we serve one another. Servants of the people. I'm asking the Lord, please enlarge my heart to serve. Just serving one another in the body of Christ. Epaphras, a servant of the people. Number five. Now, Colossians 1.8, which is the next verse. He says, who 
also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Is there any other translation here? Verse 8, Colossians 1.8. Who made known to us your love in the Spirit. Any other version? Who declared. Now, Epaphras was a messenger of good news, good tidings. There are two types of messengers in the church. There are those who carry gossip, who carry bad news, and beware of such people. They come to you acting simple and ordinary, but they're taking information. And before you know what's happening, it's everywhere. This guy was a communicator of good news, good tidings. He told people, see the good news, see what God is doing. He wasn't a communicator of bad news. Some people love to find out bad things and share bad news. Please don't be a CIA in church. Don't be that person looking to gather bad news about people and want to spread the bad news. No. Find out the good news. Let's celebrate the good news. Celebrate the good news. And sometimes you will hear bad news. But why must you be the one carrying the bad news around? If I hear bad things about people, it's not my job to take the bad news and tell everyone, oh, did you hear that? Did you know that? Why? But if I hear the good news, I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate that Hendrik and his family are about to give birth to a new child. I want to celebrate. Hendrik, look at me as I'm talking, please. (laughs) I want to celebrate good news. Now, don't go to Hendrik and his wife and say, congratulations, (laughs) because that was a joke. There's nothing happening. (laughs) But if I hear good news, I want to tell people the good news, right? Praise God. He says, who told us of your love? Epaphras told not the bad things. I'm sure there were bad things in the church. But Epaphras told good things about The love of God's people. I hear Epaphras going about telling people, that church is wonderful. That church is amazing. The people in that church, wow, they love each other. You know, when we spread good news about our church, it invites people. When you spread bad news about your church, it doesn't do anything but put people off. Now, HCC, we have so many good news, good things we can share. Let's share that. 
I've been talking to my friend Amir about HCC, and he's my dear, dear friend. And I'm glad to see him and his wife in church today. And I want us to tell our friends, come, it's a lovely place. How many of you were blessed by the worship this morning? And I just sat and watched our young friends leading worship. And I just said, wow. Wow. There are good things happening. Good things are happening. Epaphras was a man who carried good news. Tell your neighbor right next to you there. Tell him, please only carry good news about our church. Tell your wife. Only carry good news about our wife. About the church. Nazir, you didn't tell anybody. Tell somebody, only carry good news. Let's be an Epaphras. Let's carry good news. Amen? Let's carry good news. Number six. He was a simple leader. Can you go to Colossians 4.12, please? Epaphras. Chapter 4, verse 12. He said, who is one of you? A simple leader. He's one of you. He's just one amongst you. The best place to find leaders is to find people amongst you. Now, that doesn't mean we can't bring leaders from outside. But there's something beautiful about grooming leaders from within you. There's just something beautiful. And so he says, he is one of you. Everyone here, you are a leader. You are one of us. You are a leader. Epaphras, a simple leader among his people. The New Living Translation says, a member of our own fellowship. That's why we have the affiliate membership forms. Because we expect that for you to serve in leadership, you should be a member. You should be a member. So, number six, a simple leader, a member of the community. Now, number seven is very special to my heart. In that same verse 12, he says, he is always wrestling in prayer. Please, who has ever wrestled here? Let me see your hand. You've... You've wrestled, okay? There are quite a number of wrestlers here. Be careful of the wrestlers in church. Wrestling isn't a joke. I mean, there are the fake wrestlers. There are these things they do on TV now. It's all fake. It's not real wrestling, right? It's all for the cameras. Come to the villages in Africa and see wrestling. No cameras. It's wild. (laughs) Not those things they do and they, you know, video and then play back and it's it's all, you know, these guys take a lot of steroids and look so big. You know, put them next to an African boy (laughs) who has been wrestling all his life, you know. Listen, prayer 
is wrestling. Prayer is wrestling. Wrestling is tough. There's no mercy in wrestling. Wrestling is hard. So this gentle Epaphras, this nice Epaphras, this simple Epaphras, this spongy Epaphras, on the outside, he looks simple, spongy, and innocent. But in the spirit, this guy was a wrestler. Brethren, we want to raise wrestlers in this church. Spiritual wrestlers. People that wrestle. You know, the Bible says, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against what? Spiritual rulers. Powers. There is a fight, friends. There is a spiritual wrestling match going on right now over every single one of our lives. There's a wrestling going on. And please, don't ever think life is innocent because life is not innocent. The life we live is full of battle. Epaphras understood that. He didn't just pray for himself. He wrestled in prayer for who? For the church. He wrestled in prayer for the church. When we started the pre-service prayer group, you know, and by the way, you are all invited to the pre-service prayer group. It happens 30 minutes before the service. So 9.30 to about 9.55. And it's just in the hall behind here. And what do we do for 25 minutes? We just wrestle for the church. And when we looked at what to call the group, we called it the prayer squad. Why the word squad? Because it's, it's, it gives you this sense of um, a military group, spiritual military now, not physical. You know, a, a group of people who are committed to fight, wrestling. Epaphras looked spongy on the outside, but on the inside, he was a warrior. He was a fighter. And we invite you to join. In the Ramadan, which is coming soon, we will be fasting and praying every Friday. And again, we invite you guys. Every Friday, we'll be fasting and praying. It's a wrestling. It's, we we want to wrestle. And so, join Epaphras, the wrestler. And something else here, he says he is always, which means he didn't do that just on a Friday morning. He was always wrestling. It was a lifestyle. God is calling us to wrestle for ourselves, wrestle for your spouse, wrestle for your children, wrestle for your siblings. My mother is in Canada. 
And she called me, sent a message about 3, 4 a.m. She said, I need to talk with you. And so, you know, at about 5.30 or 6, I'm not sure, or 6.30, I call her and I say, what's the problem? And she told me her dream. And she says, it's a long story, but in the dream, someone brought a coffin, a casket, to the house, a black casket, and she said, I was bent over the casket, weeping, praying, wrestling, casting, binding. And she said, she was looking at me, just, you know, fighting and crying over this casket. And as she was telling the story, I immediately, by the Spirit, knew the meaning of the dream. And I want to say that not all dreams are from God, but many dreams are God trying to show you something. And when you wake up in the morning and you have a dream and you remember the dream, ask the Lord for the meaning. And then wrestle if you can. If you see something negative, something bad, something evil, don't just put it away and grab your morning cup of coffee. Before coffee, wrestle. Wrestle because things are happening that we can stop through God. Not we, but the Lord working through us. The Lord himself using us to stop some things that Satan wants to do on the earth, but it requires wrestlers. Someone says the way to measure the spiritual temperature of a church is check the prayer meeting. And I want to just say, we need to pray more in our homes. You know, just wrestle for your family, but wrestle for HCC as well. Because there are people here who may be weak, who may be struggling, who need help. Someone needs to wrestle for them. Someone needs to pray for them. Someone needs to support them in prayer. Number eight, verse 13 He says, I vouch for him that he's working hard for you. And the Amplified says, labored hard on your behalf. I think New King James says, has a great zeal for you. Is there any other version? Say something else. Great zeal, working hard. Struggling for you. Brethren, the beautiful thing about this man Epaphras, we don't see anything talking about what he did for himself. Look at him, not just wrestling in prayer, but he's laboring hard. He's laboring hard. He's very zealous for you. But not just you, those of you in Laodicea and Hierapolis. He was praying for the church. Brethren, for every one of us in Egypt, may we labor for the church in Egypt. Can I hear a small amen in church? We need to labor for the church in Egypt. 
The visible church, the invisible church. The seen church and the non-seen church. But we need to labor for the church. This man worked hard for the church. He worked hard for the church. I thank God for people like Esther who has worked so hard for HCC. If you would join me, can we give a round of applause for this simple lady? Now, but it's not just her. There are so many here who are working hard. Let's work hard for the church. This church for the church in Egypt. Number nine in verse 12. Is that same verse 12? No. What was he working hard for? Colossians, um, sorry, 4.12. Are you there? Okay. He says he's wrestling in prayer for you, but there's a reason. That you may stand firm in all the will of God. Mature and fully assured. That's what was his vision. And so number nine is, be jealous for the church. He was laboring that the church should stand firm. Let me hear this from another version, please, church. Anyone else? Any other version? That verse 12, the last part. You know, NLT says, that, we may be, that they may be strong and perfect. Any other version, church? That you may stand perfect and complete. That you may stand perfect and complete. Thank you, Micah. Anyone else? Mature and fully assured. Why was Epaphras doing all these things? He wanted a church that was mature and fully assured. Not a church that moves with the wind. We are on the pastoral team and one of our assignments in the pastoral team is to monitor preaching. To check what is spoken from here. And we are very careful who speaks here. Because in the world today, there's so much heresy, so much falsehood. I think it was Andrew Dempsey that did this whole thing on false uh, prophets. And I think Hendrick did something again on, was it Second Peter 3 or 2? Two? 2. There are people who are just moved by all kinds of teachings on TikTok and YouTube and all this Instagram, all kinds of people are saying all kinds of things. But we are looking and working and praying and wrestling and trusting God for a church that is mature and fully assured. And that's God's will. Not babies in Christ who are easily scared and easily put off and easily broken down. We need men who are matured, who can stand in the last days, who can face the enemy at the gates. Finally, number 10, um, Philemon 1.23. 
Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. Number 10 is he was a man willing to suffer for what he believed. The Amplified, I think, says, fellow prisoner in the cause of Christ. Can I ask you, part to, to accept this, part of being mature and assured in Christ is a willingness to suffer for him. And the Bible says, if any man, I think it's Philippians 1, 29 or something says we have been called on the behalf of Christ not just to believe in his name but to suffer and if any man is in Christ in these last days you will suffer if you stand for Jesus in one way or the other the gospel will not protect us from suffering on the contrary if we leave the gospel correctly in some way we will suffer we may not go to prison, but we may suffer. That's part of being mature. And so this man, this spongy man, he was dreaming, praying, wrestling for a church that is mature. And then he set himself as an example. He was willing to suffer. And others saw him suffer. I'd like us to pray. Epaphras, such a small, spongy man, and yet such a mighty man in the spirit. Do you want to just, for one minute, just for one minute, talk to the Lord and say, Lord, out of these ten things, May I be part of some of these characteristics of Epaphras. Just, just whisper a short prayer. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Make us servants, Lord, faithful servants. Make us messengers of good news. Make us communicators of the gospel. Help us to be simple people. Help us to be prayer warriors. Help us to labor hard. Help us to be zealous for the church. Help us to be jealous for the church. Help us to be willing to suffer. Can I ask the members of the pastoral team to please stand? Please, if you're here. Brother Majid, Brother Hendrik, Brother Naji. As a church, we want to say that we are here to serve you. Please, not just them, there are other leaders in the church. But please, if there's any way you need someone to pray with you, to encourage you, I'm sure in your circles you'll find someone. But just in case you are needing someone to speak into your life, to talk to you, 
can you meet one of the pastoral team members or anyone else you think is mature that could help you? Sister Tokpe, would you come? I just spoke to this lady yesterday on the phone and she told me she lost her father. Come, Sister Tokpe, I know you don't want me to do this or you don't, you know. But I want to use her as an example to say, if you are here and you struggle, you've lost someone dear, you have someone around you who is struggling, allow the church pray with you. Allow the church encourage you. Brother Hendrik, would you come? Brother Naji, would you come? Brother Maji, would you come? Please pray with our dear sister. And can I ask the whole church to rise? We talk of Epaphras struggled for the church, struggled. We as a church, we will struggle together. Stretch your hands, church, and just ask the Lord, comfort this lady. I'm not sure how many people in church knew she lost her dad. But please, if you are here and you lost someone or you are struggling or something happened to you, and you need the church to stand with you. The church will stand with you. We will visit you. We'll come to you. We'll pray with you. Brother Hendrik, would you please pray for her? And after that, I would ask Brother Magid to close the service in prayer. <laughs>